Welcome back to the Devin Kershaw Show. I'm Matt Hurst from Faster Skier. It's officially a new season and things have kicked off with races in Scandinavia. Devin and I have a quick breakdown of season opening events in Norway, Sweden, and Finland, and we'll be back to you next week after the first World Cup weekend in Ruka. Stick with us. We'll be back in a minute. This episode of the Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by Marty and Kathy Hall and their Hallmark of Excellence Award. Marty and Kathy have been longtime supporters of Faster Skier and the cross-country ski community, and we are grateful to them. What's going on? You're in Oslo? I'm in Oslo, man. Just getting ready for another week of school. Well, I'm not here the whole, whole week, but yeah, in Oslo and stoked to get bitch slapped from the faculty of the University of Oslo Medical School <laughs> starting tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so um, can we call this the sort of official start to the 2022 racing season? Uh, we've got like no uh, question. Hopefully, some technological and production improvements like coming to uh, this podcast that, that may or may not uh, be like fully in effect today. Uh, there's at least one incremental technological improvement that is going on, and that we are recording this. Uh, um, zoom session in separate audio tracks so like when i have to go like fight with my neighbor or do dishes or you know bodily functions that might not now appear uh or, or be heard over devin's uh, insightful contributions um and we're we're i think gonna have a producer working with us so that's that's pretty exciting and i don't know if you have anything to add but otherwise maybe we should just uh get on get on with it no for sure we'll get on with it this is the official launch i mean this is the this is the launch before the launch because every nordork knows next weekend that's when the barn doors get blown off and the 2022-23 world cup season begins in ruka finland and this is I'm glad you wanted to, I'm glad you had the availability to talk a bit about this. Cause like, I think people in North America, especially like armchair fans, they don't really truly appreciate what the weekend before the world cup weekend really is about because for the big nations, for these like big ski powerhouse nations, by the stolen in Norway, which is the Norwegian national opening, the Brooks Valarna races in Sweden, which is the Swedish national opening. And then Munio last week, we don't need to cover that too much, but it's Finnish national opening. Usually the Russians are at some of these races. Usually the, the French have been prior, but they've been using Davos. And there's been some great time trials happening in Davos that like pseudo races happening there that the Swiss and, and the Italians and, and the, and the French have used to some Canadians were there as well. Um, so this is where people hone their skills, but, but the Brooks Valarna and, and Bida Stolen, Brooks Valarna, not so much anymore because the Swedish men are garbage, but, but uh, they're coming back. They're coming back. We're going to get to that because there are actually some pretty exciting names in, in Sweden for real. Um, but, but in Norway, they're just, there's like the entire country is fighting for very few spots. So it's always an exciting event. Can you also talk a little bit about, I mean, like it looked like from social media, like the biter stolen this, this is like basically sort of like, you know, to the extent that the metaphor applies, this is sort of like spring training of baseball, but is it nationally televised uh, in oh, Norway? Yeah. It is nationally televised and heavily, heavily followed. So all the national newspapers have multiple articles every single day. It's live on NRK. 
And the viewership numbers for these weekends is always great. People are thrilled to watch. And you know what's even more fun about a country like Norway? And, and this is this is what's pretty unique about cross-country skiing. I guess the, it's hard to make the parallel with like the Ironman, like if you watch Ironman on Ironman Hawaii on TV or the New York Marathon on TV. There is so many skiers and they don't, the guys that are really, really good, but are, and women that are stuck on the Scan Cup or the Norwegian Cup, they don't get that much national airtime. Yeah, there's some streams here and there and that sort of thing. Norwegian Nationals is always televised, but, but these races in Bido is that they follow it from start number one and they have stories on all these people, every club, every small community gets together. They cheer on their, their, their local legend, the fastest man on the mountain or fastest woman on the mountain. And, uh, get behind them and it just becomes like a great it's it's a great kickoff to the season and i mean for the for the guys that are just scratching trying to break through to that top top tier in norway it's always really difficult and and in sweden it used to be difficult as well um not so much anymore but the for men um but it, it's high nerves like if you talk to any of these guys and you ask them like what's the most what are you most nervous for a lot of them will say by and even the ones that have their world cup their world cup starts protected in period one because cross-country skiing is just such a weird sport dude like you train all year you have all these roller ski intervals you have these tests on treadmills and now roller ski treadmills running treadmills uphill time trials whatever and then you come to the snow sea ski season you're like yeah i actually have no idea am i good or not like who knows and and the results you see that it was a bit of a scattershot we won't go so deep into the results since it is not the world cup but, but there's a few notable things i want to i want to get going but for sure it's high excitement and like this is like live prime time hours and hours and hours on nrk1 which is the same as like nbc or, or cbc in canada so it's a big deal well, you know what they say when when you uh, go into the exam room in, in five years and some guy comes in and he's like, you know, I have pain in my lower right quadrant. You're like, well, I can tell you that Simon Kruger got like 24th and bite stolen in in, uh, in 2022. And uh, I'm going to have to refer you on to the specialist for that question. So um, exactly. let's, yeah. let's uh let's let's get into it what actually uh so what i i you know i got some highlights like what happened in these races that's worth uh that's worth kind of recapping here. Well, you know what? It's going to sound kind of funny, but I want to actually start with Brooks Vilarna and Brooks Vilarna in Sweden. So these are the Swedish national openers. And, and the reason for this is it's always exciting for me because, yes, I talk a lot of trash about the Swedish men, especially, but it's because I really want to see a next generation come up and come out of the woodworks and start making waves. And there is a kid, and I raced with his dad, actually, who is a sprinter, Petter Milbach of Sweden. His dad was top 10. He was seventh in China. There was a, there was a world cup in China in 2007. Nobody cares. I know he was, he was 23rd or 21st or something at the world. Yeah, exactly. At, 20, at the world championships in 2007, Sapporo. So his son is 16 years old and the kid is legit, like legit. And, and I want to note Kelly Halverson wins the sprint, the men's sprint. So good to see him back. I mean, he's had, he had a kind of a, a, Bit of a tough training season again, um, but you know he, he, he showed up. Sharp. He looked really sharp. He looked great. Oscar Svensson, who has had multiple World Cup wins and been all over the in the top six in a lot of races, looked great too in second. Sorry, the Swedish openers are also televised on SVT and stuff on their national channel, so it's it's uh, they're big deals in Sweden as well. But Alvar Mirbach is 16 years old and was third in the men's sprint. And just to give this some perspective 
William Porama, not known for sprinting, I know, but he was in the final. He ended up sixth. But he's beating guys like Emil Pearson, Anton Pearson. These guys are World Cup racers. And a 16-year-old busts in in the sprint and finishes third. And everyone's going to say, well, yeah, you know, young guys are fast, blah, 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 blah. But in the distance races too, man, this kid is somebody to watch. And is this going to be the the hope? Is this, is this the next kind of like Per Ellison of Sweden, like a young gun that is a total beast? It's hard to know. It'll be interesting to follow along. But I was, you know, he's eighth in the in the 10K Classic the day the day after the sprint. He was only 20 second, 27 seconds back off the win. He's 16, man. Like we have in here, here we have Canadians racing in in Brooks Alarna, the young guns, the the next gen athletes. And I thought it was really exciting. I'm not gonna go so deep into the Canadians, but I was really happy. It seemed like every Canadian had like a solid race, like could leave these two races. They raced in Munio, they raced in Brooks Alarna, and they can leave with like their head held high. Like Max Holeman, 19th in Swedish opener, he's 49 seconds back. This is a this is a solid race. For these young guys with not a lot of international experience and like zav who's a, a junior and if if mirbach wasn't there you'd be like wow xavier 23rd place 10k classic this is a super strong race after muno where he was 16th in the sprint only 54 seconds back that's great but there's a 16 year old man i i thought like you know what zav for world juniors third whistler this looks great uh, you know, looks great for Zab later on in the season, but Mirbach, man, is like, is he the next coming? I'm, I'm curious. He looks great when he skis. He's a big guy, a lot of power, and he does not ski like a 16 year old. I, I think there's some exciting things that are, that are finally going to start happening in Sweden. I hope with Porama and like you said, Cali looks great. I mean, he really looked great today. I, I, I mean, I, I watched a little bit of it, and he ended up winning again. But him and Porama outclassed the field, and I think that 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 shows. That shows that they're actually going to come to the World Cup next week in, in pretty a pretty good level. You know, like Cali won by 10 seconds today in the 15K skate, and Porama had a huge gap, like 35 seconds down to Leo Johansson. And, I mean, the sad reality is if you're third and you're 45 seconds back off Cali Halverson in the 15K skate in fast conditions, like, you're going to get, the, you're going to get the, your teeth kicked in next weekend. But, um, yeah, these young guys are exciting. So that... I thought that was exciting. I also thought, I don't know if you followed a lot with the women, but Eb Anderson, I mean, like it's the usual suspects on the women's side of things. Johanna, like, like you had all, all the girls that you would have expected to be, sorry, all the women that you would have expected to be at a high level were racing at a high level and, and all weekend long. I mean, Frida looks great. The Dahlquist looks a bit like a little rusty, maybe compared to what I would have expected, but, but totally solid. Eb looks amazing. She's She's skiing really, really well. Her technique looks good. Timing's good. Good flow. Winning these races. And I think, uh, you know, the Swedes are, are going to be, the Swedish women's side of things is going to be really exciting. I mean, you had Ribum win the sprint, which was in, in quite dominant fashion. But that is, again, that we can't say that's surprising. I mean, she's and I amazing. I think that, like, didn't Dolphus crashed out, crash out of oh, that yeah. race, too? Oh, yeah, in a corner, that which I know well, because we've raced in Brooks Wanda a lot, uh, the Canadian team prior but so i think but what so here here's the recap of the swedish openers for me the men usual suspects at the top cali looks good technique looks good he's snappy it's it's looking like could be a good start next week in kusumo he's usually good in period one horama looks like he's left off he's sorry he's coming into the next season where he left off he he, he is the face of men skiing in sweden and with his top 
top finishes at the Olympic Games last year and on the World Cup. I mean, for the Swedish fans, he's somebody to look for. But Mar- Mirbach is like, like, it, he, is he like, yeah, is he the next pair Ellison? I'm just going to let that leave that hanging because that is really, really exciting. And I wanted to ask you something. We haven't talked about this that much, but the World Cup scoring, it's, we've touched on a little bit, and Musgrave touched on that when we chatted with him a couple weeks back, but they changed the scoring for the overall World Cup. And it means like back in the days to win a World Cup, you get 100 points. Then come second in a World Cup, you get 80, third, 60, fourth, 50. That has completely been turned on its head. And if Jesse Diggins doesn't win the overall World Cup, then so help me God, I don't know anything about cross-country skiing because this plays right into her hand. And I was watching these races. We can get to the Norwegian races soon, but but I was watching the Swedish races and I was like, like these Swedish women are amazing. And Sundling, you got to like Sundling for winning the overall World Cup. I mean, she missed these races, but that's not a big, that's not a big miss if you're such a veteran like, like Sundling. It's, it's not going to cost her anything. But still, you can't miss weekends. And, and even a racer like, even a racer like Kern, man, Julia Kern, if she puts together like solid races, if she can race into like from 10th to 20th in the classic races and into top 10s in distance skate races and then racing into the semifinals in every sprint, I mean, now all of a sudden, if Julia Kern stays healthy, she's a candidate for top six or top 10 in the overall World Cup. And Jesse, I mean, like, but what did you think about Jesse and the Americans skipping out and not doing any pre-races? I, I, for Jesse, I think it's amazing. For the younger athletes, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. I, I was a bit surprised that the young guns didn't get a chance to, to blow out the carbon before the big show. But for Jesse, amazing idea. Jesse races too much anyway. So to skip to skip uh, the pre-race weekend is, is great. But I wanted to get your perspective on that. You know, here's what I think about that. And, and this is not informed by like a huge amount of insight or, or, you know, reporting or observation, but sort of my sense of sort of, you know, after kind of everyone went through last year and sort of some of the stuff I saw like on social media and then subtext I heard on not social media. Um, I think it's a really good call because I think, you know, sort of from what I've been hearing, like, I think the last two seasons of like racing during COVID, like no one is having a good time on the world cup. Like, you know, we're not like seeing these folks like go out for beers, like getting to hang out. Like, it's like, you're living this really like monastic and I'm just going to say kind of shitty existence where like you're in this bubble, you don't get to like experience the things that normally like make life on the road. If you're an American or Canadian, like, okay, even with all that stuff, I think normally it's a grind and without the fun stuff, it's like, it goes from grind to just like subsistence kind of situation. And I think like seeing what I saw this summer, you know, like, I think it looked like Julia Kern really like made a real effort to like, not just be skiing obsessed. Like, you know, she spent time like, you know, bouncing around, I think Australia or New Zealand, like after she was skiing at the snow farm. And I think, you know, I heard similar things about, I think some of the Alaskans, like you saw Hannah Halverson, like leave the sport. Um, My sense is sort of because of some of that stuff. um, And, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, that's not informed by a lot, but I think like, so I think, you know, doing what it seems like they're doing. Like, you know, I think some of those athletes, like I think Swerble is starting on the, on the continental cup uh, circuit this year. And I think just sort of delaying that departure a little bit and giving themselves like more time at home before you kind of go jump into this, like, you know, road life. Um, 
you know, I mean, I think maybe it means a slower start, but, but my, you know, my sense uh, being a guy that, you know, sort of values a well-rounded existence at this point and think that that's probably going to contribute to like better mental, mental health and better, you know, results probably, you know, strikes me as a good idea, but, you know, I, I say that without a whole lot of emphasis behind it. Cause you know, I don't really know what else is going on there. Um, can I, can I quickly um, add one other thing here, which is, um, we, you know, we got this equal distance situation uh, on tap for this year. And so this is like the first time that, um, you know, I think we're really seeing that in, in these fist races uh, this, this past weekend. And I, I love, you know, one of the things I love is like seeing, you know, where those top women would have ranked in the men's fields, um, which yeah. is, you know, obviously not the purpose here, but like, you know, um, like Frida Carlson and Abby Anderson would have been like, you know, kind of right in there in the mix with some of these, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not the top men, but like, you know, competitive results. And I, you know, I, I, um, I just, I, you know, I think that's cool. I think, you know, the fact that we're finally seeing this being like carried out, you know, you can kind of make whatever judgments you want or, or comparisons you want. And that's probably, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we should cut that one out because that's not the point here, but, um, I, but it is kind of fun to look at the results and see them skiing the same distance. Yeah, and I also think like I don't know, especially on the Norwegian races that we're gonna hop into now. Uh, one little fact check, like Jesse, Jesse and Julia, they were in Australia this year, which was kind of weird. Not the snow farm. I know it's like trippy, but uh, so that yeah. But I agree with you. It's cool yeah, to see. Thanks. But but it was really cool to see. I agree with you. I think with Julia, who who, yeah, she's just a super fun person, and and like I echo what you say. I mean, I couldn't imagine. I mean, this is like dinner conversation that I have a lot with Kristen <laughs> being like, I'm so glad I'm not a top level athlete with all this COVID stuff happening. And, and the whole, like that whole business is just, oh, it seems so stressful. And Ragnar Haga today out with COVID, she didn't get to rate the 10K skate today and by the stolen tested positive for COVID woke up with a sore throat, which is already like an athlete's nightmare before the period one races. Cause that means you miss a few races right out of the gun. But, but uh, that said, it's not just a normal cold. Uh, there's it's COVID and then other people get stressed. You see Heidi out there back with the N95 masks for interviews and starting avoiding people again. And it's just, this is the gift that keeps on giving and it's not a gift you ever want to get. And um, so I, I, fully support what Julia is doing. I think Jesse's done a great job. Jess, but I mean, Jesse is just such a professional now and she's a veteran and she, she's got great, she's always had great people around her, but, but she's also learned so much. And I mean, but it's great to see that she's had a really fun off season as well. Trained hard, super hard, but also, like you said, let her hair down a little bit too, which I think is important for this long race. And for Jesse, like I said, just, just to, just to reiterate, like I think seeing Jesse skip the opening world cups, Sorry, the opening pre-race, like the fist races before the World Cup, the dance before the dance, super great idea. I was just curious with some of the younger athletes, like some of the uh, the young men for sure. Like, I mean, the U.S. has such an up-and-coming men's team, and and you know, yeah, like Kevin Bolger raced. He's not a young man anymore either, but he he's racing in Sweden because his girlfriend's Swedish. That's the that's the facts there, and not because he. Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm sure he thought that it's a, a great way to kick off the season, and it is, but. Um, you know, it's just an interesting choice, but I, I, I agree with you. I think it's cool of Swerble to take a little alternative path to the World Cup. And Julia, like you said, everything I've seen, everything I've heard, it seems like it's been a great offseason. And, and she's, she's also starting to become pretty experienced, even though she's not that old uh, on the World Cup. But it's, uh, no, it's going to be interesting. I think um, 
I think it'll be fun to follow along, but the, but the sickness part and that, that monastic life you were talking about and the, just the stress that like, even just jamming things up your nose when you have a sore throat and then you see those double lines and you're like, is this going to be bad? Am I going to get pericarditis out of this? Or is it just going to be like a cold? And then these repeat customers, like, you know, like now this is my second time through COVID or not, God forbid, third time through COVID and not only missing races, but then again, like the whole team's a bit stressed out and it's, it's not easy to be a professional athlete, especially winter athlete when there's a lot of uh, respiratory viruses that are, that are cruising around. It's, 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 it's not a, it's not a great time. So it'd be interesting, but we move on to the, to Norway, which was super interesting. And I think this is the first time ever that the bucks, that's right. The bucks and cross country skiing world collide, <laughs> which like blew my mind, but the backstory, everyone's like, with the Bucks, why are you talking about the NBA? Like, what are you talking about? Klebo has had a hamstring injury that he's been dealing with for months now, a hamstring strain. And it's affected his training. He hasn't been able to do as much of the high, high level, especially in classic where you have to really kick hard that, that, and, and a, a slip, you know, like if you have tough kick, bad, bad kick, and you slip anyone that's classic skied with slippery skis knows how jarring that is on hamstrings um so he's been really really struggling and while he was in park city because he was in park city for weeks with american listeners and some people that are in the park city area probably saw probably saw him i think that was really cool that he that must have been such a thrill for the young athletes in the park city area to see the world's best skier training on their on their home course and, and the trails but he ends up going to a physiotherapist megan stowe who is an ex-physio for the bucks and they just like, I don't know, click. And he just believes in her therapy incredibly. Next thing you know, she's traveling to Norway, dude. She's like spending weeks and weeks in Norway, private physiotherapist. I think the whole story is like pretty crazy, to be perfectly honest. Like Klebo isn't just like some run-of-the-mill mid-pack Norwegian cup skier. Like he's the best skier in the world. He has all the Olympia top and Armada behind him. Any therapist he wants in Norway if he makes a call, a therapist is flying over from Norway in like 10 seconds. And yet he clicks with some American, some American, not just some, like a, like a very experienced American physiotherapist. And now has been traveling around with, with, uh, with Claybo and, and he was singing her praises after these races. He was catching a lot of flack from his teammates too, because Johannes Claybo skipped the sprint, smart move for classic sprint is again, we were just talking about a hamstring injury and, and classic sprinting in sugary conditions. It's a nightmare. Um, but he made quick work of that 10 K classic. And then he won the 10 K skate individual start. Now I, I thought that was, even though he has not been affected in skating, he said it all along in skating, his injury has not been that consequential for him, but in classic is where the problem was. And he, and he, he skied beautifully to take both wins and there's been some shots fired in the Norwegian team, which I think is interesting. I mean, so Emma Leverson, who was second in the 10K Classic, what, like was just in the meet. He was thrilled. I mean, he was like almost crying in his interview at the end of that race. He had just such a raunchy. Miserable raunchy last season. With oh, the Olympics miserable. Last year, everything. Miserable. Yeah. Embarrassing. Like that, embarrassingly miserable when you're as good as Emil. And also, too, Emma Leverson is, we need people like him in the sport, but he's outspoken. I mean, yeah. he. He's not, he's not, a. he's not just like keeping his head down and, and, and doing his thing. Like he, he, he can chirp and, and when you chirp and then don't deliver over and over and over again, 
it's a, it's a big load. I know, I know people will say, well, like you, you had it coming cause you're out there in the media. So I don't feel that bad for you if things go bad, but like, let's be, let's be real. Some people are, are more passionate to speak openly and some people like to hide under a rock and not say anything. So you can't fault the guy for that. But so it meant a lot for him to be second. But then when it came to Clavo's injury, I thought that was hilarious. Like they were, I mean, Emily Everson called Johannes Clavo straight up a drama queen. And then there was like this word war back and forth where Clavo like gets kind of like dark in his eyes, like he's pissed. And he's like, if Everson knew what my days were like, what my like weeks have been like, he would not talk shit like that. And then like back and forth. And then of course they're interviewing other guys on the team. And then even the nicer guys, like the world's nicest guys on the team are like, don't want to be as direct as, as uh, Everson calling him a drama queen, but they're like, well, yeah, it is. It is a little surprising that like Johannes has been struggling with this injury and he, he looked pretty good today. And uh, it didn't look like his injury was that affecting this. <laughs> so there's this big word war. And then today Claybo comes back, wins again all the Norwegian men on the national team, except Klebo were, were horrendous today. And the shot fired at the end today, which I like laughed out loud, I almost spat out my coffee while I was watching, is he's like, must've been the altitude training. They asked him like, how come you were so good and the whole rest of the team was garbage? And he's like, must've been the altitude training because this has some, been something that we've talked about and we've had guests talk about it. We even had like Sambach, like, a, a fantastic exercise physiologist out of Norway talk about it. The Norwegian men's team are defying and have been defying the Norwegian model, which is days at altitude in their preparations for the last two seasons now. And they've been getting a lot of criticism from Petter Nortug, from Therese Johug, the women's team in general, uh, like the, the, the Marit Bjergen. I mean, like, sorry, the, the, not the current women's team, but the, the legends of the sport, some physiologists and, and some ex-coaches. And they also have chosen again to like not prepare at altitude. And, and this, this year it doesn't matter as much. Planitza isn't at altitude. So whatever last year was a huge miss. And, and everyone saw that on the results page, the Norwegian men were bad in, in distance skiing at the Olympics, one medal individually. It's that's brutal. And then, and then uh, Claybo's like shots fired. So there's like no bad blood there. And, but it, I thought it raises a really interesting point again with altitude. And, and I think it speaks to the level of men's skiing that they, like, that the fact that they feel that they can get away with it and they will, they'll get away with it. I mean, if, if anyone thinks that like what happened today in the, in the, the 10 K skate where the Norwegian men on the distance team were bad, think that, Oh, here's the reckoning. Like there will be no reckoning. Like Kruger is going to come back. Kruger won a race in Munio a week ago. Things happened fast at the early season. And he was, he was horrendous today, but, but this altitude piece, it really got me thinking. Cause I think like, yeah, man, I, I think sometimes that there's just the fact that they can make moves like this and not get burned unless the Russians are there to burn them kind of speaks volume. So it's going to be a fun season to see, like, let, let's see how it goes. But I mean, I mean, I think it was a bit of drama over nothing. I have to give a shout out to a guy I skied with on team Telemark who has just been grinding hard for years. He's 26 years old. Henrik Donestad, 7.5 seconds behind Claybo. He's racing yeah. World Cups. He's racing World Cups, but there's a couple names. Nat, and I gotta let you get in here. I'm just like on a fucking monologue like uh Infantino or something. Don't worry, I'm not gonna compare myself to a migrant worker or like anything like that. Like he did not the world's worst, world's worst press conference I've ever seen. We can come back, we can circle the wagons back to that. But regardless, 
these guys like Dunnestad, 26 years old, been grinding, man, like never even close to making world juniors for Norway. Like just, just really, really grinding it out. And then is able to pop the race off like that today. It's impressive. And the way he's skiing, it, it was amazing. It, it was actually really moving. The dude, um, the dude doesn't even have like I have the fist results open, and and uh, he doesn't even have like a, a photo on his fist profile. Yeah, no. It's like this like random dude with like fucking uh, uh, alpine ski goggles on his face. And so I like I also really like that about these. Uh, I feel like every year in Bido, it's like there's always like some like random Norwegian guy who's like you know Cinderella story. Like it was like I think it was Chris was it Chris Jesperson one year. You're just like some guy who's like thirty who's been just like in the minor leagues of skiing, like, you know, Peoria, Illinois of, of Scandinavia, just like hustling for, for a decade. And then just like comes out of nowhere and pops one. And then you get drama over like, you know, the next two, three weeks of like, Oh my God, this guy smoked Simon Kruger, but he's not even going to get a start on the world cup because the national team just like circles the wagons, blah, blah, blah. So that's great. I also want to um, pour one out for, um, my guy Evan Northug, because uh, you know, so this is Petter's uh, youngest brother, um, you know, and and we saw him, um, you know, with some pretty solid performances last year. Kind of any other nation would have been going to the Olympics, but you know, because he's with Norway, you know, gets left at home and then comes back, and you know, no Clybo in this race, but you know, throws down a pretty awesome performance in the uh, in in the sprint and bite a stolen to win. And I just like I loved. I saw some like social media stuff from Petter where it was like there were all these fans and they were like cheering like uh, I think there was like uh, Nee Kongen, like New King, but then they were like cheering at Peter Petter and saying like Old King. And it was just, <laughs> I was I was getting a kick out of that. It looked like the, the Northwood family was uh, pretty pretty pumped after. Yeah, uh, after and as they sh- and, and as they should. I mean, Evan again yeah, like. Right. I have a lot of respect for Evan Ortega and I, I think what he's done the last few years, he's really lifted his, his game and he's trained way better. You know what? Evan Ortega was a, was just a sick talent that rested on his talents as a late junior and a young senior where he trained bad. Like he was just like, not really in it, into it. And the last few years, he's really stepped up his game and to see it pay off. I mean, he won Munio decidedly well and then qualification and the race and then he won the qualification and the race here in by stolen i think it's really exciting like you said like can you believe it how many times is that guy in the final last year in the world cup so many times and doesn't get a chance to race at the olympic games and instead of just collapsing together or going out in the media and saying like life's not fair poor me poor me he just shuts up he does great work and he comes out here and he has two wins to open his account for the for the season great stuff there i totally agree i mean i thought i thought it was awesome on the women's side of things i think two great stories but again we're biased because Kristen's like really good friends with ingveld but great to see her back both times on the podiums she's been out essentially for three seasons like, like think about that for a second she, yes she raced a couple races last year in period one but you know, her bone density numbers just weren't good enough. And and we've talked at length on this pod about uh, Norway's, I think, trend setting and, 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 and important work where they have like a health, a health CV really, or like a health test that, that all athletes of all genders have to pass. And Ingveld struggled there and she's had stress fracture after stress fracture and really struggled to, to get on the right side of things and to see that Things have finally turned around in a positive way. She's working with uh, Paul Gunnar Minkoslas, who was the coach for 
Teresa while, while she was out with her band and, and it was a, just a wonderful person and a great coach. And just to see things clicking together and two races on, like, I mean, I think she raced great this weekend. And I think anyone, you can't count her out later in the season. I think for Worlds, she's tracking really well. I think she was, Anna, she was third and, and fourth just to yeah. give people Yeah, to give points. numbers, sorry, to give some numbers, exactly. And and Anna Shirsty Calvo, who is the nicest person ever, um, and that's not why we're talking about it. We're talking about her because she won back-to-back distance races and she smoked the classic race. And this is a story, dude, I'm really excited because there's been a lot of media about this and like the, the women have been having to try and defend themselves. We're going to see next week. Are these women good? Like, what's the level like? I mean, I saw how she was skiing in the classic race. And if any young woman wants to see how great skiing, what great skiing looks like technically, go check on YouTube the or NRK or whatever, the NSGST's technique in that classic race. It was the timing, high hips, her angles. It, it was, it was, it was beautiful classic skiing. And she dominated the race. But won the 10k by 30 seconds. Yeah, in Norway. But these Norwegian women are in a valley. They're in a trough here. And and what's this gonna look like, man, next weekend? I'm psyched. I'm super psyched for women's racing and especially this Norwegian crop. And again, Anna Shirsti got COVID just before the Olympic Games, was selected for the Olympic Games, if anyone recalls this. She has also been like in the minors, man. Like she's been playing single A ball for a long time. And I think in Canada, especially there's this, like, everyone's pouring over spreadsheets and everyone's like graphing. It's like, are you tracking to win medals on the world cup? Like if you're not tracking by 23, get the hell out and blah, 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 blah. I love these stories. I love the Henrik Donestads. I love the Anna Shirsty Calvos. I love the Rosie Brandon stories because if you love it, if this is a sport, you truly love and you can make it happen i mean let's be real here like it's not easy to make it happen if you're not not at the top as a 24 year old it's hard but if if you really have a passion and you believe in yourself and you want to make a go of it i love when they get paid i love when they get paid like this it's it's really inspiring to me so hats off and and i mean i think that like you know we've people who listen to this podcast like have heard it before but i think just like how hard it is to like make it go of it when you're not getting that national team support. It's like, you know, you got to like pay a wax tech, you got to get yourself to the races. You know, you're like yeah. looking at, at people from your country on the national team or just like everything's getting done for them. And, you know, so yeah, I think that's awesome. I had one question, which was, um, is, uh, is Teresa Yohag, uh, is she doing like a commentary on television for NRK? Cause I thought I heard her voice. Oh yes, you heard her voice. Teresa Yohag is the is the expert uh, with NRK, and she's been. I mean, she has great insight. I think it's what a gift. What a, what a gift to, to 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 the Norwegian ski culture. She's got a wealth of experience. She's funny. She's hilarious. She doesn't pull any punches either. I mean, she just published a book um, a few weeks ago, and I mean, she definitely did not pull punches in that book. <laughs> And and also said, you know what, Anne has had real talk, like like in that book about struggling with her weight and eating prior to her big breakthrough in 2011, and how essentially there was like an intervention that Marit was a part of, and the and the staff, the the coaching staff, and and she was completely honest about what that what that meant to her, and she she really meant that that saved her career, and that. She was thankful for the for the staff and Marit to 
to really like put their foot down and, and say like, you got to get this, you, you have to nip this in the butt now. And, and, and she tried and it was kind of back and forth. It wasn't just like some frying pan to the face and now I'm going to change my ways. Like, no, it, it was, it was, a, it was a struggle for Teresa in those young years there. And uh, it was, it's cool to see her talk about that. And I, you know, people always say, it's like, why didn't you come up with this? Like while you were an active athlete and that sort of thing. But you know what, like Teresa Yogg's been through the ringer and the fact of the matter is that she's doing that now, you know, it was, it was great Jesse doing that as well. Um, you know, ingveld has been up in it now for the, for the last three years. Like these are important conversations that need to happen in endurance sport. And I think it's, it's great to see people like that take a leadership role, but coming back to the commentary, I mean, have the wealth of experience like Terezio hug with a mic is what a gift I mean but that's like the Peyton Manning going on like Sunday night football you know what I mean or, or like Romo like the, the of oh, course I, they're good like I I was gonna I was gonna joke that they call her the, the Devin Kershaw of Norway but uh, <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> this thing is a piece of we're not gonna we, everyone knows what this is about we're, we may get mics this year though so maybe our voices won't drop out as but we may we're, it, it's in the works it's in the works we're, so we're gonna we're, try and up our game a little bit we'll see but now this this recording for those that were hoping for an up game now no it, this is a, a future a future endeavor but no so i thought yeah. with I thought, I thought the races were great honestly i i, I thought uh I thought it was really tight i thought the 10k for men i don't know about you but kind of surprised me man i i kind of dug it like i i thought it was coming down to that last like 1.5 K and these races were tight. And of course they're tight in Sweden and Norway, other than the, other than today in Sweden, but, uh, and it was 15 K today in Sweden, not a 10, but um, these 10 K races, I think, you know, I was, I kind of was lukewarm to it. And um, after seeing a few really high level races this weekend and talking to a lot of people, talking to a lot of these guys that are out there racing, um, off the record i'm not a journalist so whatever but like just chatting with the boys like uh it's cool they're into it and i i think um i think we're gonna have some exciting individual starts shout out to musgrave must be the pod effect first time on the bite of stolen podium just saying you know come yeah. on talk some shit and then you, next you thing you know yeah johannes Yo uh listen up if, if yeah, you, know, yeah. you really want the, the boost um <laughs> yeah Oh God! Yeah. Imagine well, he gets a boost. He's gonna be winning by like three minutes. But anyway, what a beautiful skier. Well, no, not in a, not in a 10k. Um, well, so do um, do uh, I mean we've got so we we have the the you know um, typical Ruka uh, three three races mini tour start to the season this year, um, and uh, you know so we'll be back with full recap hopefully with you know improved uh technology next week i don't know if there's anything else to to toss toss in here before we uh sign off no not that much i mean like we're gonna have to have another podcast about like gear again i mean like people like the waxing yeah. one but like and i i know this because they were racing with them last year and i've seen them and stuff but like and i raced with fisher i mean like i was sponsored by fisher the bulk of my career and they're great skis um but geez like when, 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 when companies, when Euro companies like are doing their design meetings, like, I just want to know what happens in that room. It's like, okay, how can we make our cross country skis as Euro as possible? It's like, why don't we just make some really bright, like fluorescent bright. And they're like, yes, we do it. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm getting a seizure watching these guys race on these like these fisher skis are like they're outrageous they're outrageous in their design but um anyway they're they're moving quick and as as they do they make good skis there's no question 
the skis uh the skis don't sell themselves i mean you know oh, inflation, it's like it's it's that's tough true. times um, that's true so, and it's great uh, but it's, they're they're bright they are bright but, we're, uh, we're uh we, we Devin and I, at least I, you know, I don't know what your kind of quiver looks like these days, but I, I am available to test as many pairs of skis <laughs> as any of these companies uh, want to send me, although it's, I'm sitting in my car and it's uh, it's raining in Anchorage right okay. now, garbage. So. Well, we're, we're going to have, I, I can test some skis too, but although my, I still have quite a bit of fishers and uh, tested a lot of skis in my day, but uh, I mean, everybody makes good skis we're not we're not going to be here and, and and tell people which ones are better than others but if you want to know send us an email and we'll we'll tell you the off the record off the record uh, yeah uh thoughts on that no but i no, no more other big things to add um i feel like we should apologize for our, like sketchy deal but everyone knows what what it's like we're just trying to pump these things out we do it because we think it's fun and thanks for the emails get them back on if you guys questions send us emails we try and get back to you uh, not every time we can, but we do appreciate it. I know like Nat and I talk about that all the time. We really do appreciate the feedback and, and, and some questions and let's get excited for, for, a, for a great, we, a great year of racing. I, I want to say too, the German women in Munio, they were looking good too, which is just in that like Victoria Carl taking wins and, and Henning and like, this is going to be good. I think on the women's side of things look alive. It's going to be sweet on the men's side of things, RIP, but maybe you can be surprised. I mean, we'll, we'll see, we'll see with these, with these Norwegian guys being inconsistent like this, maybe, maybe we can have some fun, but I, I think the Norwegian men will be all over the top 10 next weekend. So for those that are, it'll be, uh, implosion, it's not gonna it, happen. it'll be, it'll be nice that, you know, we just get to um, watch everyone gunning at Norway this year. It's not like, oh, you know, yeah. this like clash of Titans. It's just like, you know, who can, who can bring down Clybo and Kruger and, and all those dudes. For sure. So, um, for Sweet. sure and okay. then hopefully that motivates it hopefully that motivates the the men's field and 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 these young guns from sweden let's hopefully they can do it and and yeah the german i mean like frederick Mach, who is a world junior medalist multiple time he you know he popped one off there in in munio to win uh the skate race so hopefully the germans can turn things around on the men's side and, and americans i mean the young guns americans the canadians we've got great young canadian guys in the world cup next weekend with uh yeah a lot of a lot of big names that uh, are going to be there and a lot of young guns that are chasing them down. So let's hope there's some drama and, and the world cup points thing, people that are mega dorks. You had China, dude, we got to talk about that though. They fired everybody. And like, is, is he even going to be on the world cup? Like it's, a we, we're going to, we're going to have to circle the wagons back to that, but everyone's fired. Yeah. They fired all the coaches it, it, like, oh. yeah. Roning, Terry Langley, everybody. And uh, is our boy even going to be on the start line? I am not sure. Wow, so Long Chang's gonna have to uh, move to Alaska and yeah. uh, you know um, join APU. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back.